going to go deep. And I mean deep. And I mean touchdowns! Live from the Horizon Event Center studio, it's time to go deep with your host, Tariq. Only on 1350 ESPN. Said I'm going to be a legend soon. I'm a legend now. Go deep. Happy happy Thursday. Welcome to the program. Go deep. I'm your host, Tariq, here on 1350 ESPN, broadcasting live from the Horizon Event Center studio. Join here with my producer, Frenchie. Fun show for you today. We have Melissa representing the Mountain Dew Tour back. Uh, Joins us in about 12 minutes. She's bringing a big update on when and how you can score limited tickets for the Dew Tour here in Des Moines, May 20th through 23rd. Uh, exactly a month away. I just realized that's the uh, the exact weekend I'm going to Vegas for uh, that bachelor party that we had Carlos on for last week. Um, but I'll be here that Thursday. I believe we're going to broadcast live from out at the skate park. By the way, I rode by there yesterday and this morning, and it's two weeks ago. I would have told you, I don't think they're going to finish this thing. Uh, now I'm looking at it like, wow, looks like a skate park. Uh, so it looks like we're going to be on time with the construction. Uh, Melissa will join us and tell you how you can get limited tickets. Tickets will be free but they're only going to allow so many because of COVID. Uh, and the way this thing is set up, 88,000 square feet, I believe, for the skate park. So half of it will be the actual do tour. The other half or a portion of it will be free skating. So you can bring your kids down. You can skate yourself. It's going to be packed. So get there early, find a spot, camp out. Uh, but Melissa will join us here shortly and let us know how you can get tickets limited. But uh, breaking the news to our listeners first. So real excited about that. Then we'll put it out there. Uh, also, we got uh, Tavian Banks joining us with his bank on it statement here in about 28 minutes. Uh, of course, we'll have comedian Dante Powell joining us in the second hour with the Big O along with Frenchie's D3 and 3. You, you had a chance to check out Dante's uh, comedian p- comedic performance last Friday, right, Frenchie? Oh, yeah, it was great. It was last Saturday. We were able oh, to get Saturday? the uh, okay. get tickets to the late show. Yeah, Teehees. Yeah. Um, Funny Bone. Oh, at Funny Bone. Oh, awesome. Okay. Okay. And you had a chance to uh, actually meet Dante face to face. You guys have only talked on the hotline. Uh, but never saw that you guys are comparable in size, right? Yeah, pretty much. Is that is that a good way, polite way of saying it? Let's just say if you're building an offensive line in Des Moines, you're going to start with us in the tackles. <laughs> Dante, Dante and uh, Frenchie as the bookends of my offensive line. Uh, but Dante will ch- join us here in a second hour. Uh, we'll brag to him a little bit because, uh, you know, four months ago, I, I told him that the uh, Rockets losing Harden is randomly going to give the Warriors a shot to get into the playoffs, sneak into the playoffs. And we'll talk about it here in a second, but I think the Warriors have a shot to sneak into the playoffs. And we'll talk about Curry's prolific April here in a second, too. Uh, we'll open up the phone lines, 515-244-1350. That's 244-1350. We'll try to open up the phone lines throughout the show, see if Frenchie can keep an eye on that uh, blinking light there. I know a lot goes on here. Uh, but first, headlines. Uh, Curry, as I mentioned, not going to win MVP, although he is proving himself to be in the running now consistently. Uh, also proven himself as one of the most impactful players ever, ever. And, you know, I still stand by, I think Iverson's image brand. Iverson was still more impressionable, more prolific overall than Curry. Uh, But again, like I said that day, if we're staring, you know, I'm picking teams. I'm looking at Iverson and Curry. I'm picking Curry. Uh, I just think Iverson made it more impact on the brand of NBA and basketball and the culture. Uh, But what Curry has done the last couple of weeks has been incredible. Obviously, he he uh, laid a laid an egg last night with 18 points, which 18 points is nothing to frown upon. But I think two for 14 from the three point line. Uh, but and I think one of the things you look at the two compared Iverson and Curry. Iverson did more for like the brand of basketball. Steph, I really think, did more for the game. 
the, he is the three-point revolution. He's changing the shot. Now you see Trey Young from half court pulling up with an ugly shot and making it. And and it, the traditional back to the basket centers are obsolete. Yep. They, they you you don't see those guys going in the top five anymore. And Mark Jackson said it the year before he was fired from the Warriors that he has the two best guards in the history of the game. And everyone was like, oh, shut up. That's, of course, that's your players. He got fired. Kerr came in. We know the story from there. Uh, but Clay Thompson, you know, set records that we, you know, only person that we may see break Clay Thompson's three point record and amount of dribble, <laughs> limited amount of dribble record. Uh, would be Steph Curry. And they play on the same team. Clay Thompson's obviously out for the season. Uh, but these Warriors, man, they got a chance to make a run here at a playoff spot. Uh, how far are they from a spot, Frenchie? So I believe they are one game out of the playoffs right now behind Memphis, who's still a very young team. Young team. And Jaira Morant will try to will them in. Uh, but there's other teams who's going to be falling in that. You know, uh, where, where are we sitting? Who's in sixth place, seventh place? So I believe the Trailblazers are in sixth at the moment. The Mavs are in seventh. That's another team that they're one Kristaps uh, Porzingis injury away from potentially falling off because they don't have any depth. Yep, and Doncic uh, is going to, I mean, he's lighting up. They're, I think the Mavs are heating up. I think they're going to secure a playoff spot. I, I want to say the Grizzlies are going to sneak in there. Um, you know, you probably have the Lakers at what, five? Lakers at five, Trailblazers at six. And LeBron is still about another month away, three weeks away. Somewhere on there, it's you know, it's gonna it, be interesting to see where he and AD their timetables line up with the end of the season. And I think it comes down to how far the Lakers fall by the time it's time for them to come back. You know, if it, if they're in eleventh place and it's more than five games, it might not be worth coming back. Uh, but if Lakers fall to fifth or they're at fifth, if they fall to eighth, you know, I, they can easily fall to eighth. I mean, what, how many games separates uh, you know the Warriors one game out from eighth to sixth or fifth place? It's probably three or four games. So right now, the Lakers are eight and a half back of the Jazz for the one seed, and the Warriors are 15 back, so about six and a half games. Six and a half games, uh, but seventh is in sight, eighth is in sight. So I, I think the Warriors can sneak in. Uh, we'll ask Dante if he still thinks I was right and he was wrong uh, when he comes on in the second hour, but I, I feel like the Warriors can sneak in here, and especially if Curry, he doesn't have to score 50 points every game for them to sneak in. You know, if he can do his 12 assists and 30 points, I think the Warriors have a great shot. Wiggins is is at least giving you 15 to 20 per game. Um, Ubre is on and off. Uh, and you got some injuries now, too. Um, but I think I think the Warriors have a shot to sneak in here, man. And I'm, uh, I'm going to be watching it closely. I think the big thing, too, is you look through the rest of their schedule. It goes, they got about, I think, 13 games left. The Nuggets game tomorrow night is going to be a tough one. But without Jamal Murray, that game is definitely winnable. Then you've got the Kings, winnable game. Mavericks. Match up pretty well against each other. Then you've got the Timberwolves, the Rockets, the Pelicans, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Thunder. As a way, you could win all of those games. Probably lose back-to-back against the Jazz and Suns. Then you get the Pelicans. And then that last game of the season, are they play the Grizzlies on May 16th. It's going to come down to that. Yeah, and that could decide the playoff or the play-in situation because we got the play-in tournament now yeah. this year. And that that's a weird part in <clears> itself because you got the seventh and eighth teams are playing in, correct? Or no, eighth and ninth teams are playing in. So the winner of the eighth and tenth or whatever it may be plays the winner of the ninth and eleventh, I believe, and then those two winners play each other, and then the the other losers play each other for that final A spot. It, it's really weird, and I don't think they'll ever, ever do it again. I was reading it the other day, and it's it's so confusing. It makes no sense. I, I get it, like the 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 play in four with the with NCAA, 
Um, but when you're saying a, your eighth seed makes the playoffs, but you're still making the eighth seed play for a spot into the playoffs, um, players aren't going to be happy with that. I think the only reason they're doing it is to try and get more basketball because they yeah, cut 10 of, games off the schedule. Of course that's why they're doing it. But, you know, come on, there's a players union for that. And uh, you you can cut games all you want, but the season's supposed to end at a certain time. There's agreed certain amount of teams that gets in. There's bonuses for getting in. So now you're making me play a playoff to get into the playoff to make my extra $10 million. We have a problem. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. I, I like it because it's more basketball and it's more, you know, I love to see the tournament round. As I mentioned before, I think that the NCAA has it perfect or not perfect, but the right way. I think it's the best playoff system in in sports around the world maybe maybe the world cup right behind it uh but um and i i'm not a fan of how olympics does things uh you know i like the tournament rounds and i i would love to see it. i get why we can't do it with football it's too many injuries too violent of a sport uh, do it but, with eight teams that's all you gotta do yeah but eight teams uh, playing three games which you already have it with college football now and the playing the two games and they spread it out as much as they can uh but with cal i, I guess you could do it College players pay me, you know, like I've been saying, pay me for it because uh, I'm going to school as well and trying to survive. Uh, and pros, it, I, I guess you do it because you're already getting paid enough, but they're going to want something in that union contract to say, here's an extra bonus for that 18th game or, you know, because what we get up to this year, 17 games now? Yep. And I, we're not I know, stopping there. I, most fans are excited <laughs> oh, and stoked. all the players are not excited. I'm stoked. But as a, as a player, as my body gets up for one more game to just make the playoffs um playoffs uh i I, i'm not happy about it and so you know you gotta assume the union is gonna fight back anyway but we talked about curry making a run for this uh making a run for this uh mvp i don't think he's gonna win it uh i think his name has to be in it now but i think a week later even after saying i didn't think joke was consistently going to be it a week later, I'm realizing Joke is the most consistent player in the league right now, and he deserves this MVP. And I mean, he may not have another season like this. Uh, even with Jamal Murray going down, he's dropping 15, 20 assists. He do, he's doing what he needs to do to to stay in the playoffs. And I thought they were going to quickly drop with Murray out because I think he's a big piece of that team. But you got Monte Morris as a backup point guard. You're good there. Um, you know, he could start for any team. Uh, and then Nikhil Djokovic is, is he does what he needs to do and he makes it look so easy. Uh, big man down low, big man outside, big man passing from the top of the key. Um, you know, whatever you need. It feels like he's perfect for that old pick and roll Utah Jazz Jerry Sloan offense. Uh, but as much as I would like Embiid to win that MVP, the injuries, the consistency. Uh, speaking of Embiid, you see that shot last night? It's kind of hard not to when it's all over oh Twitter and Facebook God. today. First of all, I'm mad that we blew a lead, and, and, you know, with four four minutes left. Same with the Warriors last night too, but blew a lead, uh, and then you know I'm already in my down squat pose, ready to jump to the sky when he let this ball go because it just looked on target from the jump, and it would have been probably the most incredible shot in the history of basketball. And I'm and and I'm I lost to Kawhi hitting that shot where that knocked us out of the playoffs for him to go to championship with the Ra- Raptors that bounced and then dropped in. Uh, and Jordan, I've seen Jordan with the crossover against R- Brian Russell against the Utah Jazz and drop a shot in a championship. But that shot, if it wouldn't have went in, if big if, I think most impressive. I wouldn't say it's the biggest shot because it is just a regular season game, British. but impressive. Ooh. I don't know if there's one that could beat it for, especially for a buzzer beater to tie it up to send it to another over overtime. Yeah, that, that's a pretty in, remarkable feat to get that shot to fall. 
We got Melissa Gulati representing the Mountain Dew Tour coming to Des Moines May 20th through 23rd. Um, she'll be joining us here in about two minutes. So we're going to pay some bills, uh, talk to Melissa, and she's going to let you know exactly how you can get tickets, the limited tickets, which are free. Uh, I believe they go out next week. She's going to give you the insider scoop coming up right after this. Welcome back to Go Deep with your host, Tyreek, live from the Horizon Event Center Studios. If only Embiid could have hit that shot from half court last night, things would be different. But we still have number one in the uh, East, uh, thanks to the Nets, and most importantly, thanks to the Celtics having a horrible year. Uh, joint here with Melissa Gulati, representing the Mountain Dew Tour, coming to Des Moines May 20th through 23rd. Getting close. Uh, Melissa, you no longer live in Boston, correct? Which is a good thing, it sounds like. It's not a good thing. I love Boston, and I can't believe you just started that intro with just just throwing down a gauntlet about the Celtics. So I, I mean, <laughs> you got me you, all fired up. Yeah, are you are you upset? I mean, we can we can jump into Edelman leaving and Tom Brady leaving and Gronk leaving, but I think your Celtics are the the passion right now because what, what's going on? The good players, Tatum. I'll take Tatum. Uh, your coach, I, know, I thought right? was good. <clears throat> they started strong this season, and they're just you know we're in a little bit of a blip but I have every confidence that will continue strong. So you can enjoy your win, um, but it's, it's short-lived as far as I'm concerned. The Celtics are a great team. Um, I'm a huge Boston sports fan. My favorite sport, aside from action sports, which we'll talk about, but it's football. I'm a huge Patriots fan. So Edelman leaving was, um, I'm very happy for him, but um, I'm really sad for us. We've got a, a huge growing year coming up. Yeah, and last year was a growing year. You got to get used to losing, I think. Um, Edelman, is, does that feel like a divorce, or did you kind of see that coming? Kind of saw it coming. I mean, when he barely played last season. Um, and again, I'm not going to take your bait of we have to get used to losing. <laughs> I'm like a million years old, so I have been through every era of the Patriots and okay. had to sit on the bleachers like when it was hailing and there were 10 people in the crowds as a kid. With so, bags over their face. <laughs> and I was that was like literally like what it was like back in the day where we had like Steve Grogan and I mean like way back so it's wonderful to see them with the era that we've had um, and you know what we're going to just rebuild and we'll come back strong and thankfully you jumped in the industry that's booming right now in Boston and around the world uh, extreme sports. Uh, so uh, Mountain Dew Tour coming to Des Moines May 20th through 23rd. I drove by the park today and Two weeks ago, I was I was like, oh, they might not finish this thing. Uh, today, it looks like a skate park. They're a lot further than they were two weeks ago. Uh, I was slightly doubtful, uh, but it's looking great over there. Were you guys a little nervous knowing that you're jumping into something that's uh, dependent on construction timelines? Well, the team at California Skate Parks who are building the course um, are the best in the business, uh, like leaps and bounds. So we have every confidence that it will be done in a timely fashion. So you know, they've got to put those finishing touches on it. And then for due tour specifically, we're adding some um, unique elements just for our event. So um, we, it'll be done. And and they're doing a great job from yeah. everything that I've seen. They're I love fast. seeing the live feed. I don't know if people know that, but you can actually watch the live feed of it. Really? Where can we find that? I'll send you the link. Okay. I cool. don't, um, but yeah, it's really cool to watch. So for me, sitting on the East Coast, um, in preparation for due tour, it's fun to watch the construction happening. Okay. Yeah. We'll post a live feed on our social media. Um, okay. And yeah, it's a great spot because even coming on 235, coming in 
into downtown from the interstate. You can see it next to the uh, event center, obviously. Um, and it, it, it's going to be some great drone pictures. Uh, break down the days. I know Thursday is a practice. Um, can you break down what to expect each day as far as tournament rounds? Yeah, I can. All right. So first off, I just want to talk a little bit about um, fans accessing, if that's okay, because yes. I know that that's a big one. Yes, that um, is the, the tickets, right? Yeah. So the way that it's, Due Tour has always been a free event. It will continue to be a free event. However, we are requiring, due to COVID restrictions, we are um, offering free tickets via our Due Tour website, dutour.com. Those will be available for reservation starting early next week. So please just, if, if people listening can just follow Due Tour social um, at, at Due Tour, and once it is live and open, uh, you, you can reserve your seats. So, and it's, and it's going to be an open concept. It's first come, first serve. Um, we have section spectator viewing areas located on the grassy bank at the, at the park, and, um, and we'll separate those into seating pods. But we will offer time slots as well. Um, and then, you know, so if you reserve a morning time slot, for example, you'll get a colored wristband when you check in, and, um, and then you're there for that time frame. So okay. we're going to do our best to keep things flowing. Awesome. For our spectators. Um, and then in addition to watching the competitions, we always have a do tour experience, which is like a festival style area that will spread out um, throughout Second Avenue. Um, so we'll be closing that street down. Oh, awesome. And it's like a huge, large, socially distant, safe area for fans to enjoy, you know, fun and free partner activations. So it's, it's a lot of fun, um, but it is, it is, ticket necessary even though they're free and, so and tickets are necessary for the experience as well everything okay mm -hmm. okay awesome mm -hmm. and then uh yep. and do tour.com is the only place to get tickets correct that's correct All there right. is so nowhere don't, else don't be falling for any stub hub stuff out there uh <laughs> yeah no definitely not so everything so it'll all go through that hub so to get back to your original question um thursday may 20th we have um open qualifying events for skateboard park and street um, and we'll be posting our full schedule up on the website next week as well. We'll also have, um, I'm just looking at the schedule right now as I talk to you. So men's skateboard park open qualifier, women's skateboard street open qualifier. So those are the, these are the athletes, the open qualifier are the athletes that are not preceded. They're coming from all around the world to vie for one of those open qual um, spots to make it into the semifinals. Wow. Okay, so <clears throat> some very unknown people there. And th that sometimes can be the most fun because you can see these people that just kind of run through the ranks. And then the next thing you know, they're right there next to, you know, competing alongside, you know, perhaps their their heroes in skateboarding. Yeah. You know? And you might so, catch some new tricks on a Thursday. Absolutely. So Friday, we move into um, women's skateboard park semifinals. And then you have men's skateboard street open qualifiers. So that will be taking place on Friday. Um, and then Saturday is the, uh, the ribbon cutting for Lords and skate park, like the official ribbon cutting. Oh, ceremony, awesome. Okay. Is that open to the awesome. public as well? Uh, yes. Um, some of it will be, okay. Um, some of it's just going to be for the, like the folks that have been working so hard to, get the skate park to fruition, but then they'll be doing some celebratory events throughout the day. <clears throat> so everyone will be able to celebrate with them. Awesome. On the competition side, it's women's skateboard street semifinals, men's skateboard park semifinals, 
and then uh, men's skateboard street semifinals. So big day on Saturday. And then Sunday are all the finals, including adaptive and um, which is new for summer due to, we haven't had skateboard street or park adaptive competitions, but we will this year. So we're really excited about that. Can you so explain the, that you come, the adaptive to me? Part, yeah. So adaptive are um, para-athletes with some sort of a physical disability. So oh, you'll awesome. see skaters on wheelchairs. Um, you'll see blind skaters. Um, so it's and just it just depends on what level they are and how they're competing. But they are the most incredible athletes that you've ever seen. And we have had adaptive snowboarding for years at Winter Dew Tour, but this is the first time officially for skateboarding. So we're so delighted. Our friends at uh, Toyota, who are one of our partners, um, is very, very supportive on the para-athlete front. And so we are just so excited to have it part of our due tour. The idea of being a blind skateboarder sounds like the most terrifying thing to me ever. So So major props to that. That would be so awesome to see. You need to see it. And actually, somewhere on dutour.com, I'll try to find that uh, link for you. But uh, two years ago, we had... um, a blind skater named Justin that came in and skated the, the park course. And he uses sound so he can like feel out and listen out to um, where the lip of, of the bowl is. Oh, yeah. And a elements sound. and stuff. So I'll find that and send you that link because it is amazing to see. Yeah. It's stuff that you take for granted that they've used. To... Absolutely. Yeah. No, that, that's a great link for you guys to watch. Join here with Melissa with the Mountain Dew Tour coming to Des Moines, Iowa, May 20th through 23rd. It's a Thursday through Sunday. She just kind of broke down everything that's happening each day. Uh, I know with COVID, it's probably tough. Are there any uh, nightly events scheduled for the skaters, the tour in general, uh, the public? So outside of competition, no. Um, Competition, some nights are running until about 1030 at night. Um, It just, and again, we'll be posting our schedule next week on dewtour.com. So definitely keep your eyes out for that. But um, we're not doing any other larger special events like we typically do. You know, usually we have a concert um, and and other programs like that. But because of COVID, we need to keep it really tight. Um, So, you know, in the future, look for that kind of thing. But as it stands right now, we're keeping it very competition focused. And as you mentioned, tickets are free, but will be limited. Available uh, on dotour.com sometime next Mm -hmm. week. Follow at dotour on all social medias. Uh, to keep updated because it's going to be limited. There's going to be those time slots available. And that ticket also gets you into the experience uh, on the street, the kind of street party, right? That's correct. hundred percent. Yep. Awesome. And then uh, how late does uh, Sunday, the finals go to? So Sunday, it looks like we should be ending around seven thirty at night. Okay. So still early enough for kids to be out there and enjoy as well. Yes. And this definitely. is open to all ages, correct? It sure is. Yes. This is very much a family event. And you mentioned last time uh, with this being, you know, uh, the skate park being like 88,000 square feet, um, there's mm-hmm. still going to be area for free skating while the due tour is going on. Is that correct? Yes, that is 100% correct. So some of the park elements will be available for um, for skaters, and then we also bring in our own um, pieces as well. So within the due tour experience, there'll be additional skating options. So kids bring your helmet, which are required for any of those pieces, um, and bring your skateboard. And if not, you know, we'll also have... Um, I believe we typically will have like a learn to skate 
area. So we'll be announcing that too. So for those who want to come check it out. Oh, and I know Skate DSM too in the future, they're going to be doing a lot at the skate park. Like once Dutro is way over there, they've got a whole bunch of programs for people that want to learn to skate and different camps and stuff. So I love to see that like Lordson, they're, they're dialed. Skate DSM is dialed. And, um, and so we're hoping that it helps grow the sport. Yeah, I think it will. And the the sports, you know, is somewhat underground here in the Des Moines market, but it's still huge. You see skaters everywhere and they're real excited about that skate park. Um, and some of these skaters, who knows, they're going to be on due tour at some point in their lives. Uh, how often do you guys, you know, this is real excited for Des Moines, especially now that we have this resource down here. How often do you guys repeat a city? Is it every like three to five years? Does it just depend on the bid in other cities? It depends on a bazillion different yeah, factors. I, I assume. <laughs> I assume. <laughs> But, you know, um, not if we, we buy you a bunch of drinks and say, hey, come back next year. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, honestly, the contract is for a year with the option to renew. So, you know, we will all of us, you know, all, you know, our partners in Des Moines, as well as Dutro will obviously evaluate everything yeah. um, post event and make that determination then. Awesome. We appreciate your time. Melissa representing the Mountain Dew Tour in Des Moines, May 20th through 23rd. Hop on dutour.com next week, but follow all their social handles at dutour. Uh, so you can grab your ticket first. Did you, did you, I don't know if you mentioned, but how much are you guys limited to to each time slot? Do you know yet about how many people will be there each time? Honestly, we're going to try to keep it as fluid as we can okay. because, um, because the restrictions keep changing. Yeah. Yep. So I don't have a final number for you. Yeah. Frankly, I don't, but. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll keep updated and uh, we look forward to hosting you here in about a month. Appreciate you Thank joining you us. so much. We can't wait to be there. Yep. And good luck to your Boston. Enjoy Vermont. <laughs> good thing it's <laughs> legalized you. there. You can relax. Yep. Have a good one. <laughs> you <laughs> Thanks, take Melissa. care, you guys. Thank you so much. Yep. She is Melissa with the Mountain Dew Tour. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. And we got a uh, former NFL running back Tavian Banks joining us right here. Go deep. Welcome back to Go Deep. Uh, appreciate Melissa from the Dude Tour joining us, breaking some information as far as how you can get tickets. It's going to be limited down there. Normally, it's just open to the public, free, uh, but we do have a pandemic going on, <laughs> and uh, apparently, most of the state isn't vaccinated yet. Uh, so they're going to limit tickets. Uh, you hop on Dude Tour next week. She didn't say ex exactly what day, so I, I would suggest following Dude Tour on Facebook. You should already uh, follow them on social media, especially Instagram, because you're going to see a lot of Des Moines pictures coming up in a month on that Dude Tour, and you might be in it. Uh, but check it out, dutour.com, at dutour on social media handles. Grab a ticket. It gets you into the uh, time slot at the actual event. So you can pick a day, pick a time slot. I would go for Sunday, maybe Friday and Sunday, maybe Thursday and Sunday. Uh, but jump on there quick because they're going to limit it. Uh, but that ticket also gives you access to the street party where I'm assuming they'll have food vendors and whatnot. Uh, you can hang out. I'm assuming there'll be other skaters walking around uh, and plenty of media. This is something that doesn't happen in Des Moines often. Uh, so I'm real excited about it. And if you get a shot, and you're in the market, drive past that skate park, drive past it on 235 and drive past on second street because it's, uh, it's looking nice and it's huge, huge. It's going to do a, I mean, to be able to drive down second and obviously and see a skater go flying up next to you. I'm real excited about, you know, I lived in California for six years and skating, surfing and snowboarding was everything, uh, for Des Moines to kind of jump in that market head first. And like this with an Olympic qualifier, uh, I don't know about you, but this gets me all tingly inside. 
just to have any Olympic sports qualifier here is incredible. And to have it in downtown Des Moines just adds a little more intrigue. But imagine being one of the people that don't know about it, and then you're driving down 2nd Street and see someone go flying. Boom, and see the drones out and the helicopters. Uh, I, I'm real excited for it. Uh, we're going to have Tavian Banks join us here shortly, I believe. Um, he checked in with us and said that he's almost ready. Uh, and so we'll, we'll check in with him, get the bank on a statement going. Uh, we also got Dante Powell, comedian, joining us in the second hour. Frenchie had a chance to check out his uh, his show last Friday, last Saturday at the Funny Bone. Um, we'll have him plug where he's playing next. I believe it's Teehees this weekend. Uh, but Dante's always on the move, always doing shows. And uh, he's got a couple couple funny ones in there that might uh, might shock you. But you have no choice but to laugh. You, any, any chuckles in there, Frenchie? Oh, uh, the... Uh, he had me rolling yeah. Saturday night. <laughs> I thought he was better than the headliner. I, oh, I really did. You hear, you hear that, Dante? You hear that? Frenchie's sucking up a little bit, trying to get free tickets to the next show. Uh, but make sure you check it out. It's, it's, it's like I say about the the skateboarding, comedy. Another thing that I'm glad Des Moines and the art community in Des Moines is picking up, the entertainment community is picking up. Sid's done a great job with Teehees, uh downtown over on, uh, what's that, 15th and Walnut, 14th and Walnut, right behind us here at the radio station. Um He's done a great job. Always a different theme every weekend, different headliners, uh, some of your favorite people every time. Um, open mic every Thursday, I believe, tonight, open mic. Uh, and the list is always out the door. Uh, so, you know, that's something Des Moines hasn't had. That's something that I took for granted when I lived in San Francisco to just be able to walk outside, walk two blocks and walk into the comedy club and hang out with the owner and, and watch a good show. Uh, now Des Moines has that. Um, and Ames is starting to pick up that feeling as well. So, you know, to be able to grow these things, imagine if Ames got a big skate park. Imagine, you know, the colleges, some of these kids who are in college who forgot how great they are at skating because they're in college to give them these opportunities. Drake kids over at downtown Des Moines skating. Uh, so be sure to check it out, man. You complain that not a lot, a lot happens in Des Moines. When things do happen, you better be there. And I mean, one of the big things, too, is every the nice thing about living in Des Moines, everything's really affordable. Yep. I mean, I think a ticket was like 15, 17 bucks for the show on Saturday per person. I'm like, really? that's it. That's pretty great. And, you know, you don't necessarily aren't the funny was necessarily not going to bring in like the major comics, not a Bill Burr, or Jeff Dunham, stuff like that. But you know what? If someone is making a living off being a comic, it means they're funny. You don't have to go to the big headliner shows to have a good night. Yeah. And funny is different to everyone. So like you said, he was better than a headliner. Some people might have found the he headliner funny. No matter what, it's a great date option. Um, Funny Bone even has food. Teehees has the walnut next door who has some great wings and just great menu. Uh, you know, there's options out there. The Dreamsicle at the Funny Bone no, was uh -oh. one of the best alcoholic beverages I've ever had. And I had about three or four of them. Do I take his man card now or do we wait till next week when he explains what, what's in a Dreamsicle? I can only imagine it's the color. It basically just tastes like an orange Dreamsicle, oh, yep. but alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? It's got more alcoholic than beer. So you can keep your uh, carbonated wheat juice and I'll. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. You'll drink your creamsicles. Um, I don't even like saying that I drink those. That sounds weird. Uh, we are, uh, you know, about to lighten the mood a little bit, but 17 years since Pat Tillman died. Uh, was killed, I should say, uh, in Friendly Fire. Um, Pat Tillman, you know, before the military, Pat Tillman was a beast on the field. I just remember that Cardinals jersey just being everywhere on the field. It was kind of like a lynch. Um, and I think he got more of his flowers after he passed away, but that guy was tough on the field. And I can't remember who else he played for, but... No, he uh, was with Arizona. He was played his whole career. He played at ASU. Yep. He played at Arizona State, Tempe, drafted by and the then, Cardinals, and, and then passed, up, passed up a $3.6 million contract at 25 years old 
to go to the military. Which doesn't sound like a lot now, right? 3.6 is like, what are you, you guys are robbing that guy. But in 2004? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 15, that, 17 years ago. Uh, it's funny how far we've come, you know? <laughs> I think NBA contracts were still like, I know Kevin Garnett, Garnett was still getting $190 million in 2004, but football, uh, and that was before they had the rookie contracts. That was when a rookie can get paid out the wazoo, uh, but they were only paying running backs and quarterbacks back then. And then they started playing DNs and then linebackers and realizing that defense matters. Uh, but man, 17 years. So um, shout out to uh, Pat Tillman, his family, Cardinals, Arizona, uh, the military friendly fire. It was uh, a sad day for the whole country because, you know, whether you support military, whether you support football, whether you support the country, uh, it felt like a time where we were kind of like, wow, that, that guy did it all. And he put himself out there. So uh, much respect to Pat Tillman. Uh, we're going to check on uh, Tavian here shortly. Um, and then, as I mentioned, we got the Frenchie D3 and 3 coming up in the second hour. Probably start off the second second hour with it. Um, we've Are we almost playoffs for D3 right now? Playoffs were canceled for um, basketball and wrestling in the winter. No, football. Um, is Aren't we playing football right now? We are a little bit. Um, I don't know what the story is on whether oh, or not. Because Mr. Like, D3 doesn't know D3. A lot of the games have still been getting put back or canceled. A lot of teams have just been canceling their season. Um, like I know the American Rivers Conference was supposed to open up, and I don't know if my alma mater has played a game yet. Really? I've, I have not seen anything Which is social media-wise. Yeah, I haven't seen anything social media-wise about it. And it's it's really sad. To, you know, we got, They got a volleyball season in. There was no playoffs. Wow. For it, as far as I know, um, yeah, it'd be rough time to be a junior and senior in any level, high school, college. Um, you know, rough time for everyone. But uh, D two, even uh, you and I, they got to be close to playoffs now, right? I believe that the FCS is getting closer, and I think they are playing a playoff system. This is supposed to be your field. This is where you're supposed to be shining about. Hey, you and I is making the playoffs. We have no clue what's going. <laughs> this is why we only give three minutes to D three because you know it's it's not a top story. Uh, one thing that was a top story was... I mean, what's uh, the story for your Drake Bulldogs? What? Are, oh, my Drake Bulldogs are doing well. We're gearing up for basketball season. We don't have a football team. <laughs> yes, we do, but we don't. Uh, <laughs> um, one thing that was big news this week for about three days was the Super League. We don't talk a lot of soccer. Uh, I, we talk World Cup and uh, larger scale soccer, Premier Leagues every once in a while. Uh, but this, this is where the Premier League kind of fought back. You know, we had these top teams wanting to join imagine if the you know the 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 big five started their own ncaa which people uh, have been pushing for oh yes but you realize the other seven top conferences are going to be like no 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 we're not we're not playing that's kind of like uh which is surprising like Ames and the the city schools getting their own uh conference you would have thought it would have been ankeny walkie and all them moving out to get their own conference because usually the tougher teams are saying now nah, let's go make our own money uh, but now everyone pulled out. You know, the Premier League is their fans weren't happy. Um, and so that affects some of the teams. Now you got the uh, president of uh, Real Madrid saying, all right, it's suspended indefinitely. It's on hold, on hold. That, that great word of suspended. Uh, and it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It seemed pretty cool. You know, from my aspect, I didn't think, you know, it, it's cool to see those tough teams play each other often throughout the season or, you know, it's always competitive games. I thought of it from a video game uh, standpoint, like, oh, this would be awesome FIFA. Uh, but I like the idea of the underdog beating the top dog. And you have that when you have the championship league and the premier league. Uh, but when you just have the top dogs, now I guess someone eventually becomes the underdog in those top dogs, but 
there's no real surprises there. So I liked it as far as video game wise, but I, I like the way soccer is now. And I get the teams wanting to move, uh, but shouldn't they also be happy that they're getting these easy wins? I mean, while we're talking soccer and we're talking about starting your own league, the past couple of weeks have been a great example in the CIML as to why some of these schools, I've been doing walkie soccer last couple of weeks. They played Marshalltown last Friday in Mason City uh, Tuesday night. They won both those games by a combined 20 to nothing. Wow. Soccer. Yeah. So I, in high school soccer, if you get up by 10 goals, the game ends. Okay. So they've just been ending the game on everyone. Yeah. As long as it's um, after the second half, it was nine to nothing at halftime. And Tuesday night's game, they scored the 10th goal two minutes into the second half. Why would Waukee, Waukee schools is doing basically like with the, with the, the Super League zone. Why would Waukee schools, who are dominant in football, basketball, soccer, probably wrestling, probably other sports? Oh, they were number two in the state in wrestling this volleyball, year. Volleyball, you know, I. Why would they break into two schools and now? Well, the, the schools, dilute themselves. Well, the biggest thing is that their schools just not big enough. Yeah, like so they, so you start recruiting like Dowling, or excuse me for saying that on the radio, but you start recruiting like Dowling, or you you selective on who you take in now because we're. No, they're a public school. They can't do that, though. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the district, you can go to the school. They can't tell you not to go. But can't they say we're at capacity? No, because the s- students are going to still need to go somewhere, and yeah. they so they need a second school. And now, they and then you're just losing your out players. on more students, and you're losing out on but now, other tax dollars that you're getting in for your number of students. But now, their basketball team, uh, their best two best players who are going to be left after the season who aren't graduating are going to the new school, correct? Yes, but the district has to look at education before sports yeah uh, oh i know but the it feels like the new school is gonna be a winner out of this i don't know and maybe and uh, you look at it centennial and ankeny they've gone back and forth where ankeny still was dominant for a while centennial slowly started creeping up depending on the sport uh but it it, it dilutes it's, it's good for everyone else it sucks for walkie <laughs> and, and the same with the super five i would think the the power of the super league would be Good for the smaller teams because now they can play each other and you have someone who's going to become elite out of those teams. Uh, but you want you want to you want to play the best. At least I do. I want to I want to go against the best. I always want to go against the best. So, yeah. But then you're a school like Mason City or Marshalltown where you you're in this. Compete. Yeah. You're getting killed by 20 every hire, single game. Hire a better coach. Get families to move into your neighborhoods. Get, you know, I mean, it, there's always going to be a bad team. And sometimes those bad teams get good. Uh, you know, I, I was gonna say look at the Browns, but they still haven't gotten good per se. <laughs> but but the Saints were the Aints at one point. Tampa Bay Buccaneers were trash at one point. It had the ugliest jerseys in football. Patriots were trash. Melissa even said it. She went through those years of Patriots being trash. Uh, so I think eventually it works out without having to have a salary cap or anything. But um, I think it's a little bit easier the professional sports to yeah, potentially yeah, yeah because in high school it's all depending on what kids you're getting. It's you know, you get a good coach, that's great. If he doesn't have any talent, doesn't work. If you got all the talent in the world, you can win out in high school. You can have a terrible coach and have a lot of talent and be able to win games in yeah, high school. I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we're going to open up the phone lines, 515-244-1350, 244-1350. We also got Tavian Banks on hold here. Uh, so we'll have him jump in quickly as well. Uh, and then coming up in the second hour, Dante Powell, comedian, along with the Frenchies, D3 and 3. Let's go deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. You're tuned in to Go Deep, 1350 ESPN. 
Welcome back to the program. Uh, again, shout out to Melissa with the Mountain Dew Tour. Joined us here two segments ago, giving us everything we need to know about getting the limited free tickets that will be available when the Mountain Dew Tour comes to Des Moines, Iowa, May 20th through 23rd uh, at the new Lauritsen Skate Skating Park. Uh, that thing is huge, 88,000 square feet. Um, and it'll go Thursday through Sunday. Realizing that those are the exact days I'll be in Las Vegas. So we're actually going to broadcast our show live from there Thursday for the trials. And then I'm hopping on a plane to Vegas and I'll make it back Sunday for the finals. Pretty excited about that. Joined here with now uh, former NFL scat back and Hawkeye great Tavian Banks. Tavian, you ever skateboard? Yes. You Oh, you say it like you had some skills. You, you <laughs> use, the, use the black skateboarder out there, kick punch, <laughs> right? kick push. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the only black kid in the neighborhood skateboard. You did uh, skateboard? No, I mean, like. Only skateboarder because I, you know, uh, my white friends and stuff like that were skateboarding back then. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I mean, when we weren't like huge skateboarders, but you know, we had had it around. Yeah, it was something to do. It was a good way to be yeah. a punk. Good way to be a punk. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we were we were uh, you know my my crew was more like into sports and stuff. So we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, we only like rode the skateboard to get to our sporting. Oh, event. <laughs> I think that's uh, I forget the name. I think it's called poser. No. <laughs> do, do the kids still use that term? <laughs> they might. <laughs> uh, uh, we're a week away from the draft, man. Do you still you still got a team? You got you still got a dog in a race these days? No, not really. No, not no, not the Jaguars, no. not the Bears. No, no. What was it when uh, you were growing so, up? What were your parents? Uh, well, I was a big Kansas City Chiefs fan when I was growing up. Okay, um, Frenchy style. From the Quad Cities. Uh, I, I wasn't a Bears fan, but I was a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. Chris and Okoye, and you know when we got Joe Montana and all that, I was, yeah, Marcus big Kansas City Chiefs fan. Yeah, yeah, back then. So before they won the Super Bowl, like way, way, way back. before they were good. <laughs> oh, you use original <laughs> hipster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. And uh, I don't know if my map is correct, but I believe Chicago's closer to the Quad Cities than Missouri. Yes, um, I, but bet, you, I believe it is. Hey, whatever bandwagon you got to jump on, uh, I'm with. I'm right. with it. Um, uh, 17 years ago, man, Pat Tillman, um, left the NFL, uh, after a great yep. career with the Cardinals and he, uh, joined the military and lost his life to friendly fire. Uh, you remember that day or kind of uh, you heard about yeah, it? Yeah. I remember the time, not, not the exact day. And stuff, what, do you, yeah. what do you remember most about Pat Tillman as far as a football player? Did you have a chance to cross paths with him in 01? <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. It, Cause he went to Arizona state, correct? Uh, yep, yep. played against him in college. Um, like gosh, was it was a senior year. We played against them in a Sun Bowl? Um, Alamo, Alamo bowl. Alamo bowl. Ah, uh, you didn't case. make the Alamo bowl your senior year. I believe that's the Sun Bowl. Uh, Sun bowl. Yeah, Sun bowl. There, there we go. go. <laughs> Here we go with the lines. <laughs> Don't make me call Hayden Fry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Sun Bowl. But, Sun, uh, okay. I mean, just, you know, uh, so he hit you a I times. remember just, he, he was a great player, obviously, you know, what he was doing as a football player and stuff like that. But, um, he had a different calling um, that, he, yeah. that he went and, and did. So, which is impressive you know, have, to to leave that money, that lifestyle, that that clout, and go fight. Yeah, for your country. Um, but you know, again, like the, you know, uh, it's not always about the money, and you know, people have different callings that, that they get called to, and you know, that that was something that he got called to do. You yeah. know, and uh, uh, sorry, you know, again, they, they, that he lost his life doing that and everything, but. Uh, thank him for his service, and you know he was great. You know, like to me, a great you know ambassador to football, and great yeah. you know person for for all that all those things. And just a gritty, tough football player. I mean, you love to yep. see a defensive player like that. He could play strong safety or linebacker the way he moved. Oh yeah, yeah, he was good. Yeah, I mean, sure. I'm, I'm sure he put a couple hits on you. You remember how many yards you had in that uh, Sun Bowl? 
I want to talk about that Sumbo. Yeah, that's the you know thing. I want to talk about that Sumbo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sun did you catch the injury that game? It wasn't a good, wasn't, wasn't a good game in Sumbo. Ah, you had a lot of those not good games, huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, there wasn't, there wasn't too many not good games <laughs> in my uh, career. I, I want to play a game of uh, Would You Rather, man. Uh, we'll, yep. we'll get a couple of players, and you let me know whose career, whose lifestyle you'd rather have. Uh, let's start okay. with uh, Ju- Julian Edelman and Calvin Johnson. Uh, did you say lifestyle? Uh, you could or throw career. Like, well, because Calvin Johnson's now growing marijuana and selling it publicly. Uh, so maybe <laughs> maybe career. Let's go career. We don't have career. to put you on blast like that. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, they're, they're both pretty, you know, it seems like their lifestyles are doing very, very oh, yeah, yeah. You know, well. Or whatever Edelman's case, but, dating Playboy. Uh, I mean, like, you, you can't go against, like, going to the Super Bowl, you know, uh, being able to play with a, with a um, you know, a a Hall of Famer quarterback with, with, with um, you know, Tom Brady and stuff like that and be able to be um, with the, you know, like the, the franchise of New England Patriots. I mean, you just can't go against that type of stuff, you know. Um, even though he had a great career and stuff like that, I, I guarantee he would, he would probably have been wanting to play with the Patriots at, at some point. <laughs> yeah, yep. And But mm-hmm. to be Megatron, to be able to leave when you want to leave, but no, but no mm-hmm. ring, no ring. And I, I think that's yep. the biggest separation for me. You know, the numbers, oh, yeah. Megatron probably even has better numbers uh, than oh, yeah. Julian, uh, but the, the ring. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, uh, I mean, it's just, again, like, just think of what Megatron could have done if he was with the Patriots and Tom Brady for his career. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That's like the difference. You know, like if you put Edelman in Detroit, would he have the same career that he had? Probably not. Probably not. He, you know, no. and not saying that Stafford wasn't a good quarterback and, you know, Stafford mm-hmm. did everything he can to get uh, Megatron the ball every play, including yeah. 40 interceptions. Uh, but <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, so here's another would you rather um, Magic Johnson, Steph Curry. Career. Oh my God. Career. That's- Career? I don't know, because, uh, I mean, Steph Curry's career is still going on. Still going on, you know and he mean? has three rings already, but Magic is yep. Magic. I know, I know. It, it's tough. Uh, magic showtime. Is, was Showtime. Showtime. Before Just, before you know, Curry like, was our Showtime. You know, all that in, in, in L.A. and But you, you got to imagine Curry, Curry could be on the Celtics next year and still go another five years doing what he's doing. Right, he could. Um it's just you know like uh, the the system has sell, um, has has done well for Curry obviously and then they let him do his thing out there too. I'm not for sure if he go, goes somewhere else, he's going to be able to do all that stuff. Yep, I agree. Uh, so which one mm-hmm. would you rather? Uh, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm old school, so I'll take uh, Magic Johnson. Nah, yeah, I I felt that coming. Old school. <laughs> uh, what about Eli Manning or Ben Roethlisberger? Would you rather? Uh, career? Man. They're both great careers, you know, but I, I'll definitely take, again. I believe like two Super Bowls like apiece. Eli. Yep. Two Super Bowls apiece. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would still take Eli, though. Eli? Because of yeah. the big moments or, you know? Yeah, big moments. You know, he, he played played well, you know I mean? Even though he didn't, uh, per, you know, um, live up probably to his brother's standards or whatever the case may be, but he still, you know, had a great career. Yeah, is he is he a automatic Hall of Famer because of those championships? Uh, I wouldn't say automatic. I think he gets in the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't say he's he's not like a first ballot Hall of Famer. No, um, I think at some eventually point he probably would would get into the Hall of Fame. 
um, just on name and, you know, the legacy of, of, of the family and all those type of things, too. But also, he, he had a great career, too, you know what I mean, in, in, in New York. So, yeah. Okay, let me I'll definitely uh, give it to him. Let me throw one more at you. Would you rather yep. NFL career, Tavian Banks or Robert Gallery? Oh, man. I remember Robert Gallery. Oh, too, the right? hype behind it. <laughs> him and Jamarcus Russell was like my, you know, coming out of high school, hype, most hype players I've ever heard in my life to do absolutely nothing <laughs> besides get paid. <laughs> no, I think, Robert, I think he had some injuries. And stuff he had too, some big he? injuries. That's why, that's why yeah. I compared him to you mainly because of the yeah. injuries and the, yeah. uh, and just the, you know, the, the college career, high school, college yep. career. And then the injuries, he made a lot more mm-hmm. money than you did. I think, I, I don't uh, think, yeah, I don't think yeah. he, <laughs> Robert, Robert, what, he was like a top five pick. He was the number one overall pick. I, I think for the Raiders. Oh, okay. And no, you know, was, yep. And then Jamarcus Russell, I think the year later, <laughs> Yeah, the Raiders yeah. just well, swiffing, swinging mo- a miss. Money a miss. wise, yes, for sure, I'll take Robert any day. Like, yeah, the money. <laughs> yeah, he what got, about he got, career? Got that, I, I think you guys had a similar career. Yeah, he did. He did, and he was one of the first uh, to get you know, those. Like, to be honest with you, that's a hard pick because like injuries, just it's a tough deal. You yeah. know, like you yeah. don't, um, you don't want somebody to, to have that and and have their their career end, ended like that either. No. Um, you know, like for me, it's just it, it's a tough deal to say that. You know. But the money wise, I, I, I couldn't pick. <laughs> money wise, yes. Yeah. Robert Day. <laughs> he, he knew he was starting. You knew you were yep. starting. <laughs> Fred Taylor, come on. Uh, all right, let's Pretty jump into soon. this uh, bank statement before we get out of this first hour. They may not catch him. Tavian Banks on the second play from scrimmage inside the 20. Forget about it. Touchdown, Iowa. <laughs> It's time for Bank on It with former Iowa Hawkeye great Tavian Banks. All right, Tavian, I got a question for you that seems obvious, but I, I don't know if you're going to get the right answer here. So I want to know more likely to be in the Super Bowl again next season, Tampa Bay or Kansas City? And keep in mind, recent trends and statistics show that at least one of the teams don't even make the playoffs the following year. Uh, well, I'm going to say Tampa Bay is going to make it to the Super Bowl again. And that, and what you're saying, the they have a better chance of making it again than the Chiefs making it again. Yes. Wow. Which is my, you know, you got it right in my opinion, because I think Tampa Bay is stacked. Uh, yep. You know, Vegas and the rest of the world are saying the Chiefs will be back in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. more likely than Tampa Bay. And I think they're still mm-hmm. thinking that Tampa Bay got lucky to get there. I'm still looking at the conferences. You know, Chargers are going to be tough next year. Uh, Raiders, if they get a quarterback, could be tough next year. Um, you know, I, I'm with you. French, you got, I know you're a Chiefs fan. Who more likely to be in the Super Bowl next year? I honestly think it's going to be a rematch. I, I think that that's, Tampa, a, that's a Chiefs fan in you. Well, partially because I still am not 100% sold on Buffalo. And I just don't really see a team in the AFC that can compete with Kansas City. Yeah. In the NFC, I think Tampa Bay is still a step above Green Bay, who is probably the biggest challenger. With Breeze leaving, I I don't know what's going to happen with New Orleans unless Jameis, you know, doesn't turn into Jameis turnover Winston again. Then uh, he could be a potential hot candidate yeah. for and, bounce back player. And Carolina could get a lot tougher, and Atlanta depending on. So I think we we'll, we'll revisit this question again here in uh, two weeks after the draft, um, mm. because I think that's going to make a big difference, you know. And and seeing what Kansas City, Kansas City always loads up. They got a running back last year. They'll probably go defense this year. Uh, but yep. I feel like Tampa Bay is already has a Super Bowl team right now yes. and they're heading into the draft. They don't, you know, they need pieces for depth, but they're there. I'm with you. Yep. 
I'm with you there. Tavian Banks joining us. Former NFL scat back. Gatorade player of the year two years in a row. Is that right? Three. Three years in a row? Three. Only didn't win four because I didn't play my senior year. Oh, for soccer? You got to know who you're talking to, Uh, man. Oh, I forgot. Y'all must have forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all must have forgot. Uh, uh, By the way, they just announced Logan Paul versus Floyd Mayweather. Coming up in June, I believe. Who you got? Oh my God, these dudes. Yeah, you know, gonna, I, this I, guy gonna fight everybody. And he hasn't fought anybody. Is the problem? He don't want to step in there with Mayweather. I shouldn't even ask you that question. Come on now. This, <laughs> why, is, why, why is Mayweather? Why is Mayweather going in there? Payday, money, payday, money. Floyd, money, Mayweather. No, he he just had he had a, got enough he had, money. He had a divorce. He tried to claim for uh, bankruptcy. He has some tax issues. He needs money. He spends. Oh, a, he carries a million around him. Every Every day and he probably spends that every day i know you know black people man can't save our money Savian <laughs> 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 banks appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you joining us man we'll catch you next week <laughs> all right man. <laughs> former nfl running back tavian banks joining us here on go d we're gonna take a quick break for the top of the hour uh and come back with comedian dante powell along with frenchie's d3 and three and i believe we're gonna talk to coach marwin or one of his uh coaches on the uh Usman fight this week you mma this is go deep i'm your host tariq we'll be right back Live from the Horizon Event Center studio, it's time to go deep with your host, Tariq, only on 1350 ESPN. Go deep. Power 2 starts now. Go deep. I'm your host, Tariq, broadcasting live from the Horizon Event Center studios here on 1350 ESPN. Special shout out to Melissa from the Mountain Dew Tour, headed to Des Moines May 20th through 23rd. Uh, she joined us in the first hour, letting us know how you can get some of those free limited tickets uh, to be right downtown at that new skate park when the only Olympic qualifier for skating in the U.S. comes to Des Moines May 20th. Uh, we still got comedian Dante Powell coming up in, here in the second hour, along with Frenchie's D3 and 3. And uh, shout out for Tavian Banks coming through here uh, a couple minutes ago to talk to us and do his uh, bank loan statement for NFL scat back. MMA has got a big match this Saturday. Uh, and this is, I believe there is UFC 251. And I believe there uh, are, uh, it's this got to be their second or third match. It's always a good match. And I, I wanted to have Coach on to uh, talk just exactly how the how the tail of the tape is going. Again, uh, I just finished. Coach Marwan runs the Box and Blaze program that I did. I just finished my eight weeks. He started a new program, I believe, May 7th. Uh, so make sure you follow them on Facebook, Box and Blaze. And uh, over on Merle Hay, uh, right next to, connected to, downstairs of CrossFit Merle Hay, he has his Box and Blaze program three days a week. 6.30 a.m., 6.30 p.m. I believe it's only $100 a month, which is incredibly cheap. I told him he needs to raise his prices. Uh, but uh, I'm really excited for it. I'm down 13 pounds right now, so the program works. If I had a little more discipline in the kitchen, I'd probably be down 25 pounds. Uh, the best thing I've noticed from the Boxing Blaze, obviously on a scale, and I, like I said, if I had a little more discipline in the kitchen, I'd lose a lot more weight. Uh, but the, the regimens that he had me do, I noticed that I got better at them. When we first started and he told me we had to do three-minute planks and three-minute push-ups and three-minute leg lifts and three-minute toe lifts and, and three-minute squats, I, I was terrified. And burpees, burpees, I hate burpees, and I'm still bad at burpees, but the plank, man, I could barely plank for 45 seconds. Now I'm hitting my three-minute plank. And that that's the only progress I needed to see is that, wow, I've, I've come a long way in eight weeks on what I could do. I was struggling at 45 seconds, like literally counting down in my head, dripping sweat. And now I'm still dripping sweat. 
uh, but I can make it through that three minutes. So um, the program definitely works, and I, I'm real excited about it. We got Coach Marwan back with us. Are you with us, man? I sure am, man. I don't know how this keeps happening. I, I think, uh, I'm I think on the line. Ha- you guys can't hear me. I think what's happening is you're hitting mute. We can still we can still hear you saying hello, hello, uh, but you can't hear us. Uh, yeah, which I mean, it could be just your old age too. Who knows? Hey, um, no, but- <laughs> I, I, never that, brother. Never that. I know blueberries to go ahead and feed the village. Yeah. We're good. The memories there were sharp as a tack, and yeah, I'm getting younger by the day. You got to be. You can't be. You can't slow down that ring, man. Uh, sp- speaking of the ring, uh, MMA, man, UFC 251, we got Usman uh, versus Ma- Mazadov. I can never say his last name, but uh, Mazadov going down in Denver, I believe. Uh, uh, who you got on this fight, first of all? Uh, well, see, they come from two different uh, fighting backgrounds. So, me, Usman is definitely a strong uh, wrestler. He's got a very strong ground base. Uh, but Masvidal, I mean, he's a killer. He's a, he's a straight street fighter. He's got hands for days, kicks, knees, you name it. Um, now, it's going to be, to me, it's going to be who's going to be the smarter one on that night as far as, you know, strategy goes. Because we know Usman it has the strength of an ox. And he, if he gets you wrestling, it's going to be hard uh, to get away from it. But we also know Masvidal has that one-hitter quitter. And any time so it's gonna be with coaches that's why i preach a coaching team is that you need to have a great coaching team because everything is strategized and you know depending on the type of training that usman goes through and masvidal goes through that's going to determine the outcome and that's what i feel so but as answer your question i'm leaning more towards usman only because you know we've seen what he can do he's disciplined he comes in shape he works hard and you know that's who my money would be on not to mention, uh, so I, I mentioned 251. It's actually UFC 261 this Saturday. But in 251, Usman defeated him. It defeated Mazdao. Uh, and then a couple of days later, caught COVID and kind of changed his regimen and all that. But you got to go for Usman because he beat him once. But doesn't usually the rematch have a little more, you know, the, the loser has a little more edge in a rematch? Or who, who, who has this edge? Absolutely. You have more edge. The loser has more edge in a rematch. Take, for instance, Francis Nagano. What happened with Stipe? Yeah. Yep. You, you, you know, see, you that, see their best and they haven't seen your best. Yep. They haven't seen your best, you know? So, uh, but we don't know if this was Usman's best either because to be in all fairness, his coaches didn't get a full camp with Usman to prepare for Masvidal. So I don't think we've seen a full, a full Usman either. And, and Usman's been dominant since he's uh, kind of come into the spotlight. Uh, and, and a big part of that, I think it's because of his mentor, uh, Rashad Evans. You, what do you recall about yeah. Rashad, Rashad Evans days in fighting? Oh, man, Rashad Evans, man, everyone knows he was known for that uh, Chuck Adele knockout. Yes. Come on now. Everyone knows that one hit a quitter he laid on Chuck. I mean, that was that was a thing of beauty, and, you know, and I've always followed Rashad Evans, and I like the way when he was, I think he was a coach on Ultimate Fighter, and then him and Rampage Jackson went at it. Um, yep. Yeah, Rashad, man, heck of a mentor. But, again, I don't want to take from Usman, him also uh, training with his strength and conditioning, Dr. Peacock and Anthony Rumble Johnson uh, down there in Florida as well. So if, I know he does training with them too. If, if Bones Jones was able to get his life together in general, how, how do you think him and Usman would fare up if they were at the same weight, weight class? I, I feel John Jones would. I, you know, I, it's hard for me to go against Bones Jones, but he messes up so much. So even, you know, when it looks like he's losing, I blame it on him just not training because he's out there partying so hard. Uh, but I feel like when he is in his zone, there is nobody that can touch him. Not Daniel Carmier, no one. Uh, but Usman looks like he has that that swagger to walk into the ring because most people who get in the ring with Bones Jones are already terrified when they get in there. You can see it in their eyes. Uh, but uh, Usman, I feel like he he's that next Bones Jones. But we'll we'll see this Saturday. But I think after this, I mean, wh- who else is next for him? 
I don't know. I mean, for Usman, that's going to be a tough one because he's pretty much in a realm of his own unless, you know, I know they can't cross-promote, but, I mean, you got other, com- you know, cross-promotion companies out there that, you know, Bellator's and those guys, maybe they can make something happen. Yeah. Um, but, I, you know, I really, yeah, I really don't know. Usman's at, you know, top of his game, and, you know, I, it, it's going to be really weird to see if – has the Masvidal ever been stopped in a KO or anything? Uh, no, not that I know of. So, so if Usman can do that, then we got to put him in the power. You know, we got to start talking. On the top. I mean, yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. He's one to go to. You and, know, Usman can do it. And and, I, you know, I don't think he's ever been KO'd. Masvidal. I know he's been hurt. I, I think maybe TKO'd or something. Stoppage. But I don't think he's ever been put to sleep. No. And if, yeah. Like people have been asking. Yeah. And if Usman does that, yeah, he's got to be in that go talk uh, or the Rushmore of MMA. But if Usman loses, I'm I would love to see that just so I can see a third match out of this because I don't again I don't know who Usman fights after this who's going to be a, a challenge that's going to make me want to spend money on a pay per view, you know. What well, he keep saying Kobe Covington still because he talks a lot of stuff. Yeah, he runs his mouth, but I, I feel like Usman would get in there and just tr- drag him around that <laughs> around that ring. But that maybe just because Usman is just hot right now and that's how I feel about him. Uh, but man, I, I'm real excited for this fight. You guys checking it out? Oh, absolutely checking it out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I gotta let you get out of here, man. But give me the rundown one more time on Boxing Blaze. May May seventh is when the new challenge starts. May May seventh is when we're kind of still uh, predicting our grand opening. Unfortunately, uh, one of our coaches actually fights that day. Oh. Um, so what we want to go ahead and do is get people in. We're thinking about throwing a, a free barbecue. Everyone just kind of do a meet and greet, have some hot dogs, fruits, and you know stuff like that out there, and just kind of see what we're about, see the location, see the program. And you know, sign up and 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 get your life right, man. Box and blaze, baby. We're doing it. We're trying to have it like Snoop Dogg, man. We coming in here. We coming in uh, flashy. It was gonna be nice. You're gonna learn technique. You're gonna have a great time. You're gonna get it in. And you just Coach Marwan just said right there. He, actual boxers, actual fighters, actual MMA fighters. His his coach has a fight that day. So these aren't guys you just pulled off the street. These are guys who are fully trained and know what they're doing and can make sure I can do it the safe and right way. Absolutely, Coach Marwan. Yeah, we appreciate you. Too. So we're at it. We're at it. Boxing, kickboxing, whatever you guys want to do, we got something for you. We offer personal training again. We offer uh, the uh, the youth program. So if you want to get your kids in, sign them up, seven and a half and up. We can show them the proper fundamentals, increase their self confidence, lose weight, feel great. And if they want to compete, we have a program for them to compete too. Where can we find you online, real quick? On Facebook, Boxing Blaze. Boxing Blaze has a Facebook page is B O X N and then B L A Z E. Also have an Instagram and then the Facebook page. So you guys like, share, to be much appreciated and definitely gratitude to everyone out there. And you can find them over there on Merle Hay, connected to CrossFit Merle Hay. Coach Marwan, we appreciate you, man. Hope to talk to you here in a couple weeks. Appreciate you too, brother. You have a good one. We'll see you. Likewise. Take it easy. Coach Marwan with Boxing Blaze over on Merle Hay. Get signed up, man. I, I saw results right away. I cried. I almost puked in my mouth the first time. He's made the program a lot simpler, a lot easier. Uh, now in the class is, you know, me, two other dudes, and 40-year-old women. Uh, so it's something you can definitely check out, get in shape, and learn a new technique, a new challenge while you're at it. Uh, Boxing Blaze on Facebook, B-O-X-N-B-L-A-Z-E. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with D3 and 3. Welcome back to Go Deep with your host, Tyreek, live from the Horizon Event Center Studios. We're going to try to have uh, NFL agent Lewis Bing join us next Thursday prior to the kickoff of round one of the NFL draft. Uh, I believe he has a player or two who will be hope- hoping to be drafted in second or third round. 
Um, and he can kind of fill us in on where he thinks thinks things are going to fall. I'm real excited about Eagles. are sitting in number, I believe, the 12th spot. I don't think we're going to get pits there. If we don't move up, we won't get pits. We can still get a receiver. I'm okay with getting, with, getting an offensive lineman. Uh, our coach came out yesterday and said he didn't know who the starting quarterback will be. Uh, Jalen Hurts then tweeted a teary eye. Uh, but, you know, it's the draft. Everything can change in the blink of an eye next weekend. So uh, make sure you tune on ESPN and ABC, I believe, Frenchie. Did I have it on double simulcast? Usually I think it's just an ESPN, but it, okay. it may be different this year. They're doing everything different. Yeah, after day two, I just kind of watched the ticker after that. But, man, uh, those day two, day one, day two tiers. Last year we had a lot more tiers because they were from the living room, which, which I loved. You got family members who have been fighting for about a month and a half in quarantine and then trying to put on their best suit and smile uh, during <laughs> during the live uh, feed and then tears just break out. And those tears were everything. Uh, obviously getting drafted, obviously being done with college, but the last month and a half of being stuck in the house and uh, accustomed to the new normal of quarantine back then. So uh, things will be a little different this time. Uh, I don't know if they're going to have too many people in house, but uh, we'll still see that live feed. Uh, it's just an emotional time. And uh, man, as a football fan, it, it's a, it's the start of football season for you. So uh, you know, Chiefs probably won't do anything. Bears probably won't do anything. But my Eagles are looking good. So I'm feeling good about it. They're actually in talks for, I believe, Orlando Brown Jr. The with Eagles? The, with, no, the Chiefs. Oh, I was like, what? They're in talks of trading for a left tackle with mm. uh, Baltimore. They realized and, in the uh, playoff in a Super Bowl how much the offensive line matters, huh? I mean, they already rebuilt their entire offensive <laughs> line. They signed Kyle Long, brought back Mike Remmers, signed Joe Tooney. Got rid of uh, Andy Reid's first ever draft pick. Yeah. Fisher. And I, I wonder, there have been rumors that Eric Fisher could come back on a smaller contract because things are looking good that he could be ready for training camp. Yeah, yep. And Chiefs will take him for cheaper. You just don't want to sign him to a you know something that's going to make a big cap hit and be stuck with him for three or four years because uh, he is getting old. But, I mean, to have that left, left tackle locked in is a, a great feeling for any team uh, or right tackle if you got a left-handed quarterback. Uh, but, well, as we mentioned, we still got comedian Dante Powell coming up with the Big O segment here in about 20 minutes, I believe. Uh, but first, we're going to get to Frenchie's D3 and 3, the most well-produced segment in radio. And this week, we're actually going to keep it a little interesting on this one. Actually. All right, good. Give us some football updates. Can't forget the little guys. Don't forget the little guys. It's time for D3 and 3 with producer Frenchie. Three minutes dedicated to Division Three sports in the state of Iowa. We are going to get some. So, Tariq, when I mention the name Moss in sports, who's the first person you think of? Randy, come on. Yeah, we're going to talk about his daughter ah. today, Sydney Moss, a uh, three-time National Player of the Year in women's basketball for Thomas Moore, a uh, team that, you know, we talk about the dynasties of Division One men's basketball, you know, UCLA, um, Duke, North Carolina, stuff like that. Thomas Moore has been a dominant force in women's basketball for the better part of the last decade, harshly because they landed Sydney Moss. Moss started her career actually as a top recruit at the University of Florida, where as a freshman started 24 games, was all freshman team in the SEC, and was named to the all women's NIT team after averaging almost 20 points a game as a freshman in the NIT. She decided after that, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer back like closer to home. So she transfers to Thomas More, which is located in, like the Kentucky area. And all she did was go on to average, I think, over 25 points a game for three straight years 
three national players of the year, two national championships, and just become one of the single most dominant players at any level of any sport in the NCAA. Even set a school record, not school record, an NCAA record as a junior with 197 points in the six games that Thomas Moore played in the NCAA tournament. Wow. Yeah, that's the record for men's and women's basketball at any level. Doesn't his son play uh, pros to Washington, maybe? Yeah, her uh, her older brother, Thaddeus? Uh, Thaddeus Moss, plays for the Redskins. But this is an athlete that didn't rely on her father's name, became a dominant force on her own right. Yeah. Um, had a chance to play some international ball and is actually now back at Thomas Moore as an assistant coach. And even after she graduated, her impact stayed with the team. We actually got to watch her play a little bit. Um, my sophomore year was her senior year. And uh, Thomas Moore was in the Final Four the same year Wartburg was. And uh, we watched a little bit of the first half. And uh, the people that I was with, oh, let's go. You know, Wartburg already lost. Let's go back to the hotel. And like, we got to sit and watch. This, this girl's amazing. Yeah, she did drop in like 50 points that game and led them to another national championship. And I didn't get to see the end of that game. And to this day, I still give the people I was with crap because we missed one of the uh, biggest athletes in D3 history. Wow. Yep. Yes, you did. Missed an opportunity. Yeah. But now, uh, yeah, she, uh, as an assistant coach, Thomas Moore had a national player of the year finalist a couple years later and really just kind of built up from what she helped, not necessarily start, but was a big part of during her three years at Thomas Moore. And was able to do it at the Division One level, too. She stayed at Florida, probably would have been one of the better players in the SEC, averaged double figures as a freshman in the SEC competition, and we'll never know what would have happened. How tall was she? About 6'2". Okay, because I, I kind of want to see her catch footballs, but uh, 6'2", I guess she didn't get all of the dad's height, but for a female, that's very tall. I was going to say, that's pretty good for... <laughs> taller than me, fe- let's put it that way. Yeah, I think she I think she started around 6 foot when she was at Florida, and I think she grad or grew a couple inches when she was in college, around 6'1", 6'2". You imagine her spiking a volleyball? Oh, man. Randy Moss, is, you had to imagine he was going to have talented kids. Um, it was kind of cool to see his son as a tight end, especially playing with uh, Joey Burrow at LSU and now making it to the pros. Um and then his daughter, you know, the pressure, you know, it's kind of like Michael Jordan's kids. The pressure you have having a last name like that in the sports world, you know, Michael Jordan's son, two of his sons, Marcus, was okay at basketball. The other one got a little further, but it, it's almost like you want to try every single sport except for the one your dad did, yeah. just in case I'm not that good. Yeah. Look at Bronny James right yeah. now. He got hurt this year, but he's a couple years away. He's expected to... He's going to play with his dad. His dad's going to try to stick around. Yeah, I think Bronny will be a good player in the NBA. I don't think he's going to be his dad because his no. dad is... The body he doesn't have the body frame his dad yeah. had in high school. And I mean, LeBron is either number one, number two of the greatest basketball players yeah. to ever play the game. Yep. So that's kind of hard to live up to. Yeah. It's kind of like if if Kobe had four daughters instead of or four sons instead of daughters, you know, it'd be not. And his daughter was on her way to being. Yeah, Vanessa was. Top, yes, even at thirteen. Uh, Malia. Malia. Oh, yeah. Malia. Yeah, Vanessa's wife. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, good good D three and three man. Um. Yeah, Randy Moss. Just just thinking about being the kids of one of those superstars in that last name, even like a Ryan Ronnie Lott, or you know, having that last name, Magic Johnson's son. You know, it's uh, it Magic one of Magic Johnson's son is uh, is gay, and you know he's been on some reality shows, and people are shocked when it's like his Magic son. I'm like, well, don't wouldn't you want to get out of that spotlight right away? And yeah, you grew up in Beverly Hills or wherever it may be, or you got money as a kid, so it looks good. But uh, and Bronny James is hooping, you know, at Canyon or wherever he's playing Sierra Canyon. He's hooping, but that injury, ugh, 
And I don't I don't know that he'd be a one and done college. I think he would because of his name right now. I, I'm the way he I plays. think he's going to go G League, honestly. And make the, why? 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 Why not enjoy your college? You already have the money. Most people go G League to try to get money. And I pay think he's going to want to play with his dad. I think that's going to be a really cool opportunity for him. And then he can establish. He I'm What's in he, my is opinion, he junior this year. I think this was his sophomore junior year. One of the two. So two more years. LeBron's got to stick around for three, four, five years probably for him to make it up there. Yeah. That's, that's altogether possible with LeBron. You know, even oh, if he's very possible, but I don't know if he'll be LeBron still then. You know, he's I mean, even if he's not, you're still gonna have LeBron on your team for a name. Uh, yeah. Look at Kevin Garnett it. and yeah. Paul Pierce, how they finished out the career. And they were not LeBron James even at their peak. Well, yeah, they they started the big three. People like to think that LeBron started the big three with Miami. Mm-hmm. It was more Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce in Boston with Larry Brown. You know? But and one of the things also I love it when you've you know, you're the son of a professional athlete and you come in and blow away any expectations. Yeah. Look at Peyton and Eli, Steph Curry, even Seth Curry's had a great career. Yeah. And yeah. very similar career to his dad. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, Seth's problem is he doesn't have to live up to his dad anymore. He has to live up to his brother, which yeah. is tough. I mean, you Seth know. has still established himself as oh, a quality has. NBA I, starter. I love I was so excited when Seth got picked up by the Sixers, and I'm still excited that Seth is on a Sixers. Such a stupid trade for the Mavericks. Yep, but and especially with Doc Rivers, who had Seth in, in Los Angeles with the Clippers. You know, it's such a great fit for us. We talk about Embiid, uh, but, you know, I think the real reason we lost to the Warriors the other day is because we didn't have Ben Simmons. He was injured. Curry wouldn't have had 49 points with Ben Simmons on him in the second half, yeah. and that's what Doc is great at doing, is adjusting in the second half. Yeah. Uh, and that's one of the things I think our Sixers has, and the defense, and to have a Seth Curry shooting like that, uh, but yeah, Seth doesn't have to live up to Dale. He has to live up to uh, Steph. It's kind of the same way with Eli. He didn't have to live up to Archie. He had to live up to Peyton. Well, uh, you know, I used to do San Francisco Warriors when I was in Santa, or the Santa Cruz Warriors when I was in uh, Santa Cruz, the D League for uh, the Warriors. And uh, Taylor Griffin was on the team. Mm-hmm. And I always used to joke about him like, you don't have the freckles, but you don't have the hops. And he has the hops, but his twin brother is Blake Griffin. And here is Blake at the time killing it with the uh, with Chris Paul and the Clippers, and I'm over here joking in a small gym with Taylor, you know about wow <laughs> how the mighty have fallen because they're both dominant at Oklahoma and Blake was the one who had the injury, but to have to live up to your twin brother's expectations. They're not twins. Uh, they're not twins. Taylor's a couple, uh, two years older. He was a senior at Oklahoma so, when Blake won National Player of the Year. Ouch. ouch. Yeah. So your younger brother. Just did you wrong. Kind of like Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh. I mean, still got to the NBA, played for a couple seasons yeah, yeah. up there, played in the G League. He was even part of the Harlem Globetrotters. Oh, and he was a cool dude. And he loved he loved his life. He wasn't mad about it by any means. It's just a matter of the the media expectations, the, the public expectations of your younger brother is doing it. You know, if I go to Dan Burrow and say, man, Joe is killing you when it comes to, you know, as far as sports and the family. Yeah. Uh, well, it's, it's a tough swallow when it's your younger brother or or older brother or parents having to live up to. It, it's a tough lifestyle to live. Imagine having now to live up to your kids. Look at Bobby Bonds and uh, Ken yep. Griffey Sr. Yep. That their sons came up and smashed every home run record. And I think if Ken Griffey didn't have those injuries, he would be the home run king. Oh, and Ken Griffey was, he was kind of like an Iverson in baseball. He, he brought a culture with him. You know, he, he made... <laughs> He made it look cool. And his yeah. swing was just so effortless. And pretty. He was just a good-looking dude. He was on everything. Yeah, Ken Griffey was the man. Ken Griffey Jr. was the man. Uh, but even um, uh, Patrick Sertan's son, who's coming from Alabama and will be drafted next week, he already looks like a better D-back than his dad was. Which is saying something, because Patrick, Patrick was, Sertan oh. was legitimate. And he, was a, he became a road warrior towards the end of his career, but you knew that you can count on that side of the field with him. 
Uh, and his son looks like a borderline shutdown. You know, he's probably considered the second or third best in the, in the draft right now. I think second best, but uh, it's, it's a I would, toss up between him and Caleb Farley. From it depends Virginia. on the system. It yep. depends on the system. You put Asante Samuel's son in man coverage instead of zone. It's a whole different dude. Uh, but Asante Samuel's son could be a better D back. And Asante Samuel was great for the Eagles and for the Patriots. You know, uh, we got Dante Powell coming up comedian at the funny bone last week. I believe at Teehees this weekend, he'll be joining us here in about three minutes. We're going to take a quick break. This is go deep. I'm your host, Tyreek 1350 ESPN. Welcome back to the program. One week away from the NFL draft. A couple weeks ago, we had uh, comedian Dante Powell give us his top 15 draft project- projections, predictions, projections, uh, say it twice. Uh, joint now with comedian Dante Powell. Comedian Dante Powell, uh, I hear that Frenchie picked you out of the crowd. You picked him out of the crowd. You guys touched bellies and it was uh, a whole new friendship started last Friday, <laughs> last Saturday. Oh, yeah, man. It was a good time. Uh, and he came out to the funny bone and. We had a uh, we had a fun show. It, they're getting back to normal, opening up more seats. So it didn't feel like I was telling jokes to an empty crowd. And then I saw someone walk up to me in a Chiefs mask, and I was like, "There he is." Just gotta be Frenchy. <laughs> gotta be Frenchy. Did, it, was um, he, fair, did he look like what you pictured Frenchy look like? Yeah, yeah, he's a good looking guy. Um, you no know, need to lie. No need to lie. The ginger beard was trimmed for you. <laughs> yeah, he was, he's, uh, like I said, good looking dude, just walked up and was nice. And the funny thing about last weekend is the, uh, the headliner I was working with is one of my friends and he's, uh, he's dating Kristen Cavallari, which is oh. like, it's public, yeah. public knowledge, the Hills. but like Cut twice I had, <laughs> yeah, twice I had Bears fans come up to me and be like, my wife said he's dating Jay Cutler's ex-wife. <laughs> is that true? And I'm like, you have to ask him, man. You yeah. have to talk to him about that. <laughs> don't. <laughs> oh man, well, she, she wasn't there though. She didn't support. Uh, that's that's not for me to say. Oh. I, that's kick her to the curb if I, she didn't support. Tell your buddy to kick her to the curb if she I didn't mean, come he to was flirting. He was flirting with that uh, bachelorette party that was there. Ah, uh, you got it. When you're on stage, all, nothing. All things are off. You know, you put the wedding ring in the in the green room. Let it go. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, we were talking to uh, Melissa from the Dew Tour earlier. Dew Tour is coming to uh, Des Moines May 20th through 23rd. Uh, we're actually going to try to broadcast live out there, so I'll let you know so you can hopefully join us that morning before I fly off to Vegas. Uh, but, For sure, man. Uh, you ever skateboard before uh, in your uh, youth days? Do they skate in the Deep South? Um, A little bit. Uh, <laughs> With a shotgun not... in the hand? <laughs> no. I mean, we had we had guys who just were into skating. Um, But, no, I never did it. I wasn't interested. Yeah, okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, I imagine now wouldn't be a time to get on a skateboard for you or Frenchie. I told you I'm willing I'm willing to do a half pipe, but I'm going to either just roll my body down no. or I'm going to sit on the skateboard. I, I want to show you a repeat of Big Black from Robin Big getting on that skateboard and doing a half pipe, and you'll Yo, see him fall so, like four times and realize that's not what you want to do. I, I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm just not roll. with that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you want to leave out the skateboard and just roll. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe you and Frenchie can have a rolling contest down the half pipe. Get a sponsor. There we go. Uh, <laughs> now that you realize I'm usually right, man, uh, usually always right, uh, do you agree that the Warriors will make the playoffs now? Um, I I mean, they may 
hold that play in spot, but I don't I don't think they're like still hating. Man, okay. that, that that Wiseman injury scares me yeah, a lot. Yeah, because he was going to be a big part of the playoffs for them, I think, just as being a body, a big man who can take fouls and rebounds. Uh, for him to yeah. play the whole season, I was hoping Draymond would have a little help down there. I mean, yeah, it's it's weird. Because, I mean, my pals, they, uh, Lonzo Ball refusing to step out on the three. <sighs> and Refusing to play defense, refusing to play. I know, play. yeah, like, <laughs> he wants it, it's just it's rough, but I, I mean, you might get this one, but you also might not. Like, it's not like they're a shoot. It's not like they're at four and you've got this in a runaway victory. Like they still could potentially <laughs> miss this thing. Yeah. I'm with you there. <laughs> Speaking as a Warriors fan this year, I'm kind of like, you know what? If we make the playoffs, great. That helps Steph's MVP case, you know, get them back into the playoffs but if they don't make it, it's like I'll take another lottery pick in this star-studded draft with the potential of potential, you know, two lottery picks if the Timberwolves fall the top three. I I'd be yeah. okay with like a fourth and a twelfth pick. That's a chance for you know someone like Jalen Suggs and maybe even Davian Mitchell with that twelfth pick. Yeah, yeah. I, it it seems like the clock is closing out on Steph and Clay. Uh, so even lottery picks next year, I don't think the Warriors are going to win it next year. Oh, no, but it helps build that bridge to the future. If you got Jalen Suggs, uh, James yeah. Weissman, and another lottery pick to build around. Without, the future without Steph. Yeah. yeah and then Jordan that, Poole has turned into a quality piece this year. They're, the pieces are starting yeah. to build towards a potential future, and you kind of are towing that line of the current era and looking toward the future. My, my NBA 2K1 said that uh, Steph was going to be on the Celtics in Season 2. So uh, I, I think no. he'll be, a, he'll be, a, he'll <laughs> like be in the, Boston in two seasons. <laughs> the, the Warriors will trade that that uh, yeah. one of those first round picks for Bradley Beal or something, and the oh. next next thing you know, the light skin guy will enough, get another break. There's not enough ball to go around for Beal, Clay, and Steph on the same team. Beal, yeah, you said it. we said that about Kevin Durant with well, them. Well, and they're, they haven't had to prove it yet. They haven't played together. They haven't had to prove it, and and oh my god! Remember when you KD. said Clay Thompson only takes like four dribbles a game? And he, he he's perfectly fine just going out, standing oh, the three point line, and yep. hoist, hoisting shots. He's still going to get us twenty points a game. Yep, he'll still get it. Beals is going to still want that end of the game shot. Curry's going to take that end of the game shot. Clay probably should take the end of the game shot. I, and I, no. again, again, the the Nets haven't proved to me that they could win a series with all three of them no, because I haven't no, seen them play I meant, long enough. I meant when Kevin Durant was in, in oh. San Francisco with the Warriors. Yeah. Like, he, like he, they've proven they can add a third piece that shoots a lot. Like They've proven they can win that way because they had enough firepower, but they also proved that there wasn't enough ball to go around, and Draymond kept telling KD that Steph's ball, not yours, at the end of the game, and then it all fell apart. So, you know, it worked out because they got two championships out of it. Uh, so good for KD. It was worth it. But it, I don't I don't know if there was enough ball to go around. I think that's where the the falling out between KD and Draymond came because Draymond is so dramatic in the game. Instead of saying to me in the locker room privately, he, he wants to go and yell at you at the end of the game saying, you can't take that shot, that's Steph's shot. And, of course, as a man, anyone, especially KD, you're not going to take that. I think that's where that started to dissolve anyway. So, But, again, it worked. You're right. They got two championships out of it, so I think everyone involved claims it's worth it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if Beals is going to bring them that that championship or two championships out of it, uh, but it'd be a good move. Beals needs out of Washington. I feel so bad for him. Russell Westbrook, Westbrook he's just playing for stats these days. But Beals, <laughs> Beals could have a shot at winning a championship somewhere. I would love for it to be Philly. I can't believe we didn't get him at the deadline, but 
Um, yeah, I I don't know. Warriors, I think the time's ending for Steph to be there. But I still think they can make the playoffs. Pelicans aren't even, you know, I, they were on primetime the other day too, which they look good. Uh, but Lonzo doesn't want to be there. Your, your Pelicans need to regroup. They need to figure this out because they should have traded him at the deadline. Yeah, I I don't even I don't even know what to say about those guys. They I was so disappointed in that defensive breakdown against the Knicks. Like, yeah, I it Prime just broke too. my heart. <laughs> it broke my heart. And then and then uh, uh, Zion throwing out shots like, oh, uh, you know, obviously next to New Orleans, but Madison Square Garden is my favorite place to play. Hint, hint. Um, you know, so careful on that conf- contract extension with Zion. I think he wants to go to New York. He just seems so happy about playing there. Uh, but let's let's get into we got the draft next week, man. We'll have the NFL agent Lewis Bing on next week, I believe, to talk draft uh, the first day for round one. Uh, but a couple weeks ago, you gave us your top 15. Obviously, some of those things are going to change because there's uh, there were a couple trades in there that you uh, that happened literally three days after you gave us the top 15. Uh, but yep. are you, uh, Frenchie's going to read it off. I want you to know if you want to, or let me know if you want to switch some of those or keep them the same. Frenchie, go ahead, kick it off. So number one, Trevor Lawrence to the Jacksonville Jaguars, done, easy, sealed. Number two, yep. Zach Wilson to the New York Jets. You still feel confident about that? Yep. Okay. So number three is where we see the first trade. It was Jamar Chase to Miami, but now the Niners are in that spot. Who do you got going to them now? Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Everyone's saying that, but man, I would like to see Trey Lance go to San Francisco. He could excel. But yeah, Justin want, Fields. Justin just, Fields. Well, Justin Fields deserves it, but anyone could excel in the Shanahan offense as long as they're accurate and can roll out. So Mac Jones can yeah. be it, but I, I'm with you there, that Mac Jones. All right. Uh, Falcons at number four. You had Panay Sewell. Yeah, who are you uh, the first Falcons? I, I've actually got them taking Justin Fields now. Oh, so they're going quarterback. That's the question of the year right now, too, is what, what are Falcons going to do? Are they going to trade out? Are they going to take a quarterback? Are they going to go O-line, which makes sense, because they think they can still get three years out of Ryan. Uh, but you think Justin Fields in Atlanta, where he's from yep. Georgia, you know? Yep. Okay. So now Chase and Sewell are dropping off from your original top four. Uh, you had the Bengals taking Slater from Northwestern. I did, but I actually think they're going to end up taking Sewell. So um, they, they need to take the best offensive lineman. I mean, I know Jamar yep. Chase is going to look tempted, but yeah. I, I, I really think they're going to go Jamar Chase. I, yeah, that, and that it makes sense, but it's just a, such a bad upper office move. Well, the biggest thing Wait. is that their first-round pick from last year, Jonah Williams, was hurt all year. Yeah. So he's basically coming in as a rookie. But you can still plug in another offensive line spot as a rookie. Your quarterback tore his knee up last year because you couldn't protect him, and he was having a great rookie of the year season. You go wide receiver, yes. You need weapons, and it's nice to have a college but teammate. Go ahead, Dante. I, I know there's the I know there's the LSU connection with Chase. But yeah. they just got they just picked up uh, Thaddeus Moss. So like, oh, that's I don't want okay. him to just recreate like the the Tigers from a couple. Years. Like I know they're the Bengals, but yeah. you don't need to turn this into the LSU <laughs> Bengals. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, you might as well get the coach too if you think that's what's yeah. going to work. Like, Changes the Ben goes. Yeah, <laughs> we, we already call them the Bayou Bengals. Like we, the last thing we need is to literally turn that into the team. To the Bayou. Cincinnati. Yep. And if you're gonna get a tight, end, if you're gonna get a receiver, I'd say get Pitts. Even though you have Moss, get Pitts at four. Right, yes, yeah. I'm with you on offensive line. Who you got next there, Frenchie? So it was Devonte Smith to the Eagles at six, but now we've got Miami in that spot. Is it and Smith then I've still? still got them taking Jamar Chase. Okay, so Chase is off the board now. And so you see Chase as the top receiver in the draft. Not really. I, I see Pitts as the best receiver Pass, in the draft. Yeah, yeah. I just don't know if. 
because I, I really think that would be the smart move is to take Pitts there. Oh man, uh, if you're if so you're much. Miami, yeah. But I don't think they're. Um, I think they trust Tua throwing it to the outside more than they do over the middle. Despite the fact that this year, like they had some like really solid play out of the uh, out of the tight end position there, and they just. Yeah. Geiki or whatever his name is. Gusecki. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he made my fantasy football team for a couple weeks. Um, yeah. Who you got next there, Frenchie? So the Lions are the seventh pick. You had Jalen Waddle going to them. Mm. I did. I think they still take Jalen Waddle. Over Smith, who's now available on your board? No. So uh, over Smith and over uh, Kyle Pitts. I think I, I don't think the Lions want to mess with uh, – Hockenberg or whatever the guy's yeah. name is. Hawkinson. The, their Hawkinson out of Iowa. Hawkinson, yep. yeah. Yep, he, he, he's showing that he can be that top tight end. It's ni- nice to have two of them, but I wouldn't waste that on Pitts. I'd, if, if that was the case, I'd pull out. But, yeah. Okay, so uh, he's sticking with that one, Waddle. Who you got next there, Frenchie? Uh, the Panthers at eight had Justin Fields going to them. Okay, yeah, so I what, think they take Pitts. I think he – Yeah. I, I mean, Sam Darnold, good luck, buddy. You got, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Congrats to him if he gets that. Yeah. I mean, then he good luck, the Greg Olson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's like, gone. <laughs> those, those stats are good for another two years, baby. Oh yeah, but to give Darnold, uh, you know, McCaffrey, hopefully healthy, Anna Pitts, and the, yeah. you know, the uh, what's the receiver from the Jets that they got last year, Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, yeah. which is, and DJ Moore as well, who's turned D- into a quality receiver. DJ Moore is a, a top yeah. fantasy receiver. If Robbie Anderson is from Philadelphia. Pitts is from Philadelphia. It would be a nice place for Pitts to fill at home. Uh, who else you got, Frenchie? Um, at number nine, Denver taking Trey Lance. Ooh, if that's going to stay the same. If he falls to them, they're going to have to move up to four. I, I I don't know that Trey Lance stays on there, but I, I like the way your board's going so far. So I, I don't see who else would take him. Uh, but unless Miami decides to take a, a quarterback, but yeah, okay. Uh, Patrick Sertan the second to Dallas at number ten. They need to do that, but I, they they try think, to get Pitts. I think they still get him. They still get him. All right. I think Dallas is going to try to move up for Pitts, just in spite of Philadelphia. But we'll see. Uh, <laughs> to the Giants, you got Micah Parsons from Penn State. Yep, I still think they take him. They. So, so you're saying there's no no chance the Giants go for a quarterback? I I mean they should, but I don't think like. I don't think they will. Yeah, line, I mean, and to get a, a linebacker like that to supplement your defense for the next eight years, uh, it's a hard turn down. So now the pick that's going to be the most exciting for Tariq, if you're right, you got the Eagles at number 12 with a chance at Devontae Smith or Kyle Pitts. Well, Kyle Pitts so, right off the board. Yeah, Kyle Pitts going to, what, Miami? Yes. Okay. Mm. Oh, no, Carolina. Carolina, Carolina. I'm sorry. Carolina. I'm sorry Carolina. Um, and who, so did he, the who, e- who did he have at 12 first here? It was uh, Farley. Farley. Yep. Okay. Okay. But that was that was with the Niners, and I, I at first I had uh, so I had your Eagles taking Devonte Smith, who is still available on the board now, and I think you guys still get him at twelve. Yeah, yeah. If he's the only receiver bet left, and Panul's gone, and Pitts is gone, we we got to get Smith. It's, it's an easy pick there, or we or we trade out. Uh but okay, where we got thirteen. Uh, it was Kyle Pitts to the Chargers. Yeah, and the disrespect. All of a sudden, you got Kyle Pitts in your top ten now. Where a month ago, I said you were disrespecting him for having him <laughs> sticking around to thirteen. Uh, it, it had nothing it had nothing to do with him, and everything to do with draft order. Yeah, that's fair. That's what it was. And so, who uh, you got now? 
Well, yeah, I, I think the Chargers end up taking uh, Rashad Bateman from Minnesota, the receiver. Okay, okay. A little help for the quarterback. Big receiver. Yep. Okay, then Minnesota, you had Russo going to them. I still think they need a D lineman, so I'm going to say that they take Russo. And then the Patriots, you had Bateman going to them. Right, and then I think I think the top 15 still stays the same. I, I just moved Farley there unless – because I still don't know if the Patriots are going to find a way to trade up and potentially take one of those quarterbacks. So, But I, I think if not, like, man, there's something about Farley that he just has that, like, that Patriots cornerback energy about yeah. him where it's like, you know, they always had those guys that you just looked up and you're like, oh, they got to leave this year. Or yep. Tante Samuel's doing great for him. Or like they, they just have those guys that, that take care of business. And those tech- those tech defense is always the shutdown corner and then everything yeah. else around it. Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, Harris is not uh, nowhere in your top 15 at all, running back for Alabama. Same with Slater from Northwestern. No, yep. run, no running backs. Yep. Okay. All right. He feels yeah. fair with that. All right. We're going to uh, stick around, get you on the big O after we take a quick break. This is Go Deep Joint with comedian Dante Powell, 1350 ESPN. You're tuned in to Go Deep, 1350 ESPN. If only Embiid would have hit that shot last night. Ugh. Still a number one in the East, but I, ooh, I was ready to cheer so loud when he that ball went up. Uh, joined here with comedian Dante Powell. Dante, who you got for uh, NBA MVP right now? I know it's been kind of finicky, and it's almost like the rest of the world doesn't want to talk about it because LeBron's out and Harden's out. Uh, but who, who's winning your race right now? Uh, I gotta go Joel Embiid. I know he missed some games, but I still, I, I think he's, uh, he's been dominant in a way I didn't know he had a capability of being. And like, I, I know Jokic has been pretty good this year and he's, he's been consistent, very and efficient and, and, and consistent. But I mean, th- listen, man, Embiid is on a tear that, uh, like, I think there's a, there's a little bit of room for like the eye test when you're voting MVP and Embiid took it up from being like a great player to like next level. Great this year. And I just really like what he's doing. And, and Philadelphia is one in the East. Had he made that shot last night, oh. I would have led my segment screaming about him yeah, being the too. MVP, but uh, it was still cool to see. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The attempt and, you know, him sitting on the ground yeah. like that reminded me of when Kawhi made the shot against us in the playoffs for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's what that shot reminded me of. But, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, man. I, I I would like to see him win MVP. I know he works hard and he, he loves the city of Philly. And, and the way we ended our season last year as a Sixers fan, no one thought we would be in the position we are right now. Uh, and Doc yeah. Rivers has a big part of that. Ben Simmons staying has a big part of that. But Embiid is the largest part of that, especially with the Nets super team forming in the East after the season started. You know, we definitely got counted out then. So I'm with you on the Embiid thing. I just, it's hard for me not to want to give it to Joke because he's been healthy. He's been consistent. Jamal Murray went down and he's still being their point guard, their big their big guy, their their shot maker, their game maker. He, he's doing everything for that team when they have no one else. And I don't want to say they have no one else. They're a playoff team. They're a deep run playoff team. Uh, but he's been so consistent and healthy that it's hard to, hard to not give it to him when Embiid missed a month. You know, but I'm I'm with you. Embiid is just and to put your team at number one, coming off of last year, uh, when last year he was tweeting Miami's looking pretty nice right now, and you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and Jimmy Jimmy's texting come to South Beach, you know, uh, you know, so it, it 
for that turnaround and how much he loves the city. I would love to see him be in it. Uh, but I guess we'll we'll see now. With with LeBron out, with Harden out, it's almost like a weekly fluid thing, which I hate to say for uh, Nikola Djokovic because for him, he's been winning it since the season started. But, uh, you know, it's, if, if Curry would kept I, this up, he would have been you in You know, it. the funny thing is right now, I've actually got Steph at 2A. Like, yeah. Jokic is 2B. I yeah. just know that everyone else kind of wants him to win it. But, like, man, I had respect what Steph is doing this season so much. And, yeah, even the 18 points you know, last night, I know it's 2 for 14 from 3, but I mean, still, his average for the month of April is over 40 points. You know, so yeah, he, man. He, he's been killing it. It's I hate to give it to him or put him too high up because it's been every other month that he's been killing it and it's not consistent. Uh, but if, when you when you look at the stats at the end of the season, it's like, and, and if they make the playoffs, when everyone, including yourself, counted them out <laughs> when Clay went down, uh, you got it. You got to put Steph up there in the top three. And here, here's man. the thing with Steph: if if it comes down, if it comes down, and Embiid wins, then yeah, I'm fine with Steph being second, Yoke being third. But funny enough, if it's not going to go to Embiid, I then give it to Jokic over Steph because his team is better, which is just like a weird bias I have. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. I hate when MVP <laughs> wins and they didn't make the playoffs, especially in yeah. football. Especially in football. I get it in football because yeah. it's shorter season and you're still the MVP. Like Deshaun Watson should have won it last year. Uh, but it, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I agree. So, so while we're speak, talking of uh, NBA MVP, it just got posted that uh, Jamal Murray, Fishy, underwent uh, surgery for his ACL yesterday. Yeah, he's he's going to have a long road to recovery. Uh, and that's a, that's a tough loss if you want to compete with the Jazz. And and if, yeah. if you're the Jazz, you're Jazz or the Suns, how pissed are you to know that you finally got to one and two and you still might play the Lakers in the first round? I, you know, if, if the Lakers continue to fall for the next month, they're in fifth now. They dropped to seventh or eighth. The Jazz could realistically run into the Lakers in the first round and the Nuggets in the second round. Oh, oh. yeah, that'd be be a scary scary move for the Jazz after having such a great season. But they they proven yeah. they can handle it. But LeBron's gonna come back angry. And yeah, it's just the, a matter of when. The problem, with, the problem with the Lakers is that they're getting better. Like, the, yeah. the, those players are getting better. And they're getting and minutes. Then you add, yep. Yeah, and then you add LeBron and AD, and it's like, well, crap. Like, now now we've really got a problem on our hands. So, like, I, that's the last team I'd want to see, especially if they come back and they can get a good, like, 10-game stretch in. With him, yeah. kind of figure things out. Man, yep. that's going to. It's going to be a headache. It's scary, and uh, that's why the whole West should be trying to dominate the Lakers right now to get them out of the playoffs before LeBron gets back. So LeBron's fighting right. for it instead of LeBron sitting in six and having to carry it. Uh, but Good let's uh, we got a couple minutes left, man. Let's get into your Big O segment. Let's do it. Hit it, French. Oh, oh, oh. The Big O with comedian Dante Powell. You know what I'm talking about. Oh. <laughs> Offensive player of the week or oddball of the week? Who you got this week, sir? Um, I've got both again. This is the offensive player and oddball, which is hard to do, but I, I think it's a uh, it's an impressive feat. And guys, sometimes I feel like we forget on this show that I'm a comedian. So I need you to remember that when I tell you that this week's big O goes to a random dog from Logan, Utah, who at the uh, Grizzly Invitational, which is a high school track meet there in Logan, on the last leg of a girls' relay race, he just darted onto the track and almost tripped a runner who ended up winning the race. Like, he ended up still crossing the finish line first. He tracked this girl down, outran her, almost tripped her, 
and then still crossed the finish line before she did. He almost ruined the entire race. If you haven't seen the video, it's on Twitter. You can Google it. And it is just the most amazing thing I've seen all week. I can't even talk about it without almost bursting into a giggle. Yeah, uh, I did see that video, man. And luckily, that was the final <laughs> the final lap. The dog smoked her, but it almost took her out. And it almost made the girl behind her catch up. So, like, at first, I didn't realize that was the final lap. I thought she still had yeah. another lap to run. I'm like, oh, man, yeah. that dog just ruined it for her because second place was on her butt by then. And she didn't know oh. what was going on. She's looking like, uh, get your dog. <laughs> I would have been pissed no. if I was running that meet. Uh, but the crowd, I gotta the be crowd honest, went wild. I want more dogs in <laughs> events like this. I'm going to I'm gonna bring some random stray dogs to that uh, Mountain Dew skate thing. Oh, nice. Just let them loose on the half pipe. Yep. Just just don't bring uh, Mike, Mike Vick's dog. Let's just combine the two <laughs> biggest redneck loves and we'll let some deer out on the uh, NASCAR. Oh, oh, some deer on the NASCAR track. Nice. That, I'm surprised that isn't a, a southern sport already. I'm sure that happens yeah. in Mississippi somewhere. It doesn't have to be real deer. You just set up like those pop-up targets. It's like an extra two points if you hit <laughs> it for your season total. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was a great video. Definitely check that out. The dog breaks loose in uh, Utah High School track event. And it's literally the last 150, 200 yards. The dog is just catching up. And I mean, just line. smoking it. Yep. Oh, man. it was. It's, I saw it and I was like, oh, I'm not doing any more. Re I don't care if Steph goes for 70. This is this is the winner. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and I don't know how... If that wasn't her last lap and second place passed her, do, uh, do, do you let second place win? Or do you, right. do you do you cancel and say interference? Because they weren't blowing any whistles. They weren't stopping anything. And again, 200 yards, you're watching a dog run without saying, oh, timeout or no one. You would think someone would try to catch the dog. Like no one even right. reacted. They started clapping and cheering. And it's like, is this part of the show? I think it was a top what 10 if, nominee. Yeah. What if she had gone for like a personal record and this dog ruined it? Like that was... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What if she was going for a state record? Yeah, she might have been. Yeah. She was smoking everyone else but the dog. But then all of a sudden, second place finished right behind her because she had to slow up because some dogs were at her ankles. Uh, but okay, I'm, oh, I'm with man. that. I'm with that, Big O. I, I like that. That was a good pull. Uh, Comedian Dante Powell, where, where can we catch you this weekend, man? Uh, this weekend, I'm on a I'm on a break. I'm, I'm doing some family stuff. Oh, good. So good for you. That'll be fun. Uh, but you guys can catch me uh, May 15th at Teehees for a roast of my good friend Bernard Bell. And May 22nd at Teehees for the Comedy Kickback, the only all-black comedy experience in Des Moines. Ah, I like that, too. Uh, Bernard's usually roasting people, so I would love to come see him get roasted. Please do. Please do. <laughs> .com. Uh Comedian Dante Powell, man, in the Big O segment, we appreciate you. We'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys. That does it for us here on Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Uh, we're going to have uh, NFL agent, the only NFL agent from Iowa. I looked on the list and he's the only one listed as Iowa as his hometown. Uh, Lewis Bing will be joining us next week to talk NFL draft next next Thursday night. NFL draft round what? Round one. Uh, we'll do a better job next week of opening the phone lines and figuring out who you want your team to pick up. Especially you Viking fans, Bears fans, Chiefs fans. Well, uh, Chiefs don't need a lot besides defense, but Vikings and, and Bears, you know, not a lot of people are saying it, but why wouldn't the Vikings go get a quarterback? Why wouldn't they move up for Lance? Why wouldn't they call Atlanta and say, that number four spot, I can give you someone. I can give you something. We're, we're already giving away our defense. Why not Why not make that turn now? Is Cousins really the answer? The Cousins hasn't been the answer <laughs> since he was drafted. He will so. never be the answer unless yeah. he's in the Shanahan offense. I want to say a quick shout out to all of the athletes competing over at our affiliate, Drake, the Drake Relays, yes. going on this week. 
Uh, always a fun time. Um, you know, a couple of the championships have already been decided. Miracle Ales was uh, the a girl I covered when I was in Keokuk, and she repeated as Drake Relay champion in the high jump, I believe. Ah, love the Drake, Drake Relays for high school kids and for college kids. Always a great time. Turkey legs, always a beautiful thing. Uh, make sure you check it out. And this is the home of Drake, as Frenchie mentioned, 1350 ESPN. Frenchie, where can they find us online for Go Deep? At uh, ESPN Des Moines. They can also find uh, us on Facebook at Go Deep on 1350 ESPN and at Go Deep Radio on Twitter. And of course, here live every Thursday at 9 a.m. on 1350 ESPN, broadcasting live from the Horizon Event Center. Go Deep. I'm your host, Tyreek. Catch you next week.